welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yeah, um, today before we get into the episode, we have a few shout-outs from Instagram, right? Yep, so um, on our Instagram, one of our uh, fans actually added us, uh, com- like tagged us, tagged us, that's it, that's the, tagged us in a comment that she left on a recent post that Beverly Mitchell made on her Instagram. Um, as you know, Beverly Mitchell is uh, the actress that plays Lucy Camden on 7th Heaven, so uh, the fan, Brittany Lamka, um, tagged us in a comment because Beverly Mitchell reposted one of the pictures that we posted uh, recently. It was specifically about um, the episode we did a few... The episode where they where Mary and Lucy almost get hit by the drunk driver. Right. So we took a screenshot. We, as you know, on our Instagram, we post videos and interesting or funny screenshots that we find. And that. so we put that up and Beverly Mitchell liked it so much that she reposted it. And so we really want to thank our fan Brittany Lamka for bringing that to our attention. And uh, thank you Beverly Mitchell for reposting it, yeah. I guess. And Beverly Mitchell also liked Brittany's comment about which, us. Yes, which mentioned that uh, the Seventh Heaven podcast at Camden Cast Show, that's us, p- uh, posted the same picture the other day and recently covered that episode. Yeah. So thank you to all those people. And I guess this is news as well. We recently surpassed 100 followers on Instagram, so... Thank you as so Our Instagram much. is relatively new, newer than our other social media, so right. um, thank you all for following over there. And enjoying our posts so much. <clears throat> so I guess we'll get into the episode now. Yeah, so uh, in this episode of Camden Cast, we will be covering Season 3, Episode 20 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is All Dogs Go to Heaven, or if you are in France, it is called... A Dog's Life, and our IMDb user uh, synopsis of this episode is, Simon planned a fancy restaurant dinner to celebrate Dina's birthday, but when her big brother, college musician Stuart, comes along as chaperone, Lucy all too eagerly accepts his invitation. Matt joins the family cop friend on nightly patrol and hides to avoid being seen by frat friends but freaks out when he discovers Mary kissing her movie date nice frat guy Michael Towner in the police car. Eric promised elderly Bert and Cheryl Carberry to bring their beloved dog Ma to the vet for euthanasia, but can't bring himself, so they end up in the park for a last meeting with a stray, abuse-fled Labrador. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> because... Because a lot of that, so much of it was wrong. So very much of that is wrong. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I guess we could just begin... With the cold open, I guess, to so just get right into it. Um, uh, well, maybe I should talk about my first impression. Oh, yeah. That's what, it was, that's what I meant. <laughs> so, um, I think... I haven't cringed at an episode of 7th Heaven in quite a while. I think Aaron can attest that I've been pretty... Acclimated, uh, I think, so far to the lunacy that is a Seventh Heaven episode. Um, but for some reason, this episode really got to me. I, I couldn't. I actually couldn't like watch certain scenes. Um, so yeah, that was my first impression. Yeah, which I guess means I mean it got a reaction out of me. So that's that's good. usually good. Usually yeah. makes for a good uh, episode of especially, Camden Cast. Especially because I feel like in the last few episodes, it's been pretty flat. Yeah, and, like, nothing's really been changing, or it's just been, like, babies. Oh. Right, or, like, oh, the babies, exactly. Um, right, so the cold open. Yeah, so, uh... 
It starts with um, Lucy and Annie in the kitchen. It's a Friday night, and everybody has something to do. And Lucy is complaining once again because she has no friends and nothing to do on this Friday night. Um, So she's just generally being... Well, when she says she doesn't have anything to do, it means she doesn't have a date. Yeah. Um, And everybody, uh, as you do in the cold... Like, everybody enters the kitchen and, like, says what their plans are, so... Mary comes and asks if she... Is this, does that happen now? No, the Rev comes in first. Oh, yeah. So the Rev comes in. He's gotten a phone call from... Bert and Cheryl Carberry. Um, saying, Mom is dying. Uh, can you come over and sit with us? So that sentence makes the Rev think that one of their mothers... Is dying. Uh, but Lucy and Annie are both a bit, a bit spectacular. Skeptical, spectacle, skeptical about that. Because they are like, well, first of all, this couple's like older. So they're like, oh, we've never seen either one of their mothers at church. Maybe she's been ill for a while. And Lucy's like, for the past 20 years. And Lucy's so desperate that she asks to go. To sit with a dying, what they think is a dying woman. And and he's like, uh, no. Which I think would have been a more interesting episode if we had Lucy along for that ride. They would have turned it into something all, like, sappy, though, when at the end she would have been, like... Wasn't it already <laughs> really sappy? I guess. Uh, so then Simon comes down and we learn well, that... Well, now we have Mary and Matt come in. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, so anyway... <laughs> Mary and Matt come in. Uh, they're fighting, which is kind of the theme for this episode. Uh, Mary is going on a date with Ma- Michael Towner. Uh, refresh- the guy who hit her... With his car. Uh, he actually did not remind us of that in this episode. Even though he does in almost every episode that he comes into. Uh, remember that she decided to not get back together with Wilson because of something that may have been going on. No, with, with Jordan. Jordan. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, now there's like three guys involved. Well, you really just had that revelation right now. Yeah, I didn't realize. Wow. I thought it was Michael um, Towner. It was Jordan. Holy yeah. shit, Mary. <laughs> so, anyway, she wants to go. At first, she's like, oh, I'm going to go over to his, like, she wanted to go to his house uh, because he's in college and he has a house with some other guys on the college campus. Um, she wants to go over there and watch a movie, and Annie is like, absolutely not. You are going to go to the movie theater if you are going to go out with him. And uh, Matt obviously is like, told you so, uh, acting very much the protective older brother. Yeah. Uh, Matt... In the meantime, is very excited for his Friday night plans, which are a ride along with Sergeant Michaels, which for is his social sciences class. Yes, which is what the uh, IMDb user meant by cop friend. Yeah, the camp family cop friend. Uh, uh, then we get Simon, right. who is coming down, and he's dr- he's, he's not, not dressed. He's yet. not dressed up yet, yeah. But he's got two different colognes, and he's asking Annie which one he should wear because it is Dina's birthday, and they are going out for like a nice dinner for Dina's birthday. He wants it to be. Romantic or something, and also we learned because that, we haven't seen Dina in so long. Yeah, and we learned that okay, he, he's going with Dina and her older brother, whose name is Jack, not, not Stuart, Stuart. and he's this... not in college, so I don't know why. He's a it's junior a in high school. College musician Stuart. Um, so anyway, uh, and then finally Ruthie comes in and she's dressed up again. Can I just mention just this one little quirk? I know it's like not a big part of the show, but uh, or the episode, but he comes down to ask about which per, or which cologne to put on. And um, Lucy's like, obviously this one. But then when Lucy turns her back, Annie's like, uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> Which like comes ties back into the beginning of the episode where Lucy says, at the beginning of the cold open where she says, 
is it because I smell bad? And clearly <laughs> she has bad smell taste. So <laughs> Wow, you really tied that all together. I did. Now we can go to Ruthie. All right, uh, so Ruthie's all dressed up in her like furs a, again. She's like, it looks like she's about to go to an opera. And um, and we learn that she also has a date, although Annie keeps saying it's a play date. But Lucy, when Lucy finds out about she's like, oh, what are you so dressed up for? Where are you going? And Ruthie's like, I have a date. And Lucy does her, you know, I'm so frustrated. Ah, I have no friends. Um, and that's just annoying. Um, and the cold open ends with us finding out that mom is not a human. Mom is a dog. And just like our user review called her Ma. Ma, yeah. (laughs) So Mom is a dog that the Carberries, like, took in. Yeah. Um, She She is, like, she's very old, and she has a broken foot, and she's so old that, like, it won't heal, and they really, the Carberries acknowledge that they need to put her down, but they're like, we don't have the heart to go and put her down. Like, we just keep praying that God will take her. Um, but it's not happening. And she's in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, so... So they ask the Rev to take Ma to the vet to be put down. Um, and so, they tell this whole... They tell a very, very long story. Right, yes. Before this all happens, and they decide that the Rev is going to take Ma to the vet. Um, and it's, like, on and on about how she loves the park, and they're like... We want to have her put down, and we want to bury her at the public park. And I was like, this is insane, and you can't do that. Don't you have a backyard? <laughs> we, we learned that she's named Mom because she, like, they, she took, they took her in, and, and then, then she, she gave, gave birth. birth. <laughs> so that's why they called her Mom. Um, and that she has a friend at the park named Huck. Who is this? Was an abused, uh, an abused dog that ran away from its owner, and everybody knows who the abusive owner was. But rather than like take the dog in, they just let the dog be astray in the park. Right, yeah, they were like nobody help, nobody helped the owner get this dog back. And I was like, that dog would have been picked up and taken killed if it didn't and, get adopted. And so, sorry, this is the sad truth of stray animals. Familiar with animal stuff um well there's only so much room at animal control so they put them there and then if they don't get adopted or they have bad temperaments and are unlikely to get adopted oh and we do learn that huck has a bad temperament that he doesn't um he he doesn't he doesn't the only dog he'll play with is mom and that he doesn't like people yeah he stays away from people completely um so we'll just finish out this storyline first yeah um since it's Honestly, the stupidest. Uh, so most of the episode, like the scenes for the Rev, are him with Mom. We start out with a scene in the car where they're waiting outside of the vet, and he, like the Rev is trying to gain the courage to take Mom inside for her to die. Um, he doesn't do that. He's like, no, <laughs> you deserve better. So he takes her to the park because that's like well, her favorite. first he goes well, to get a burger. And the dog won't eat the burger, so that's how you know it's sick. Yeah. Um, and then they go to the park. Then they go to the park, and Huck is there, of course. Uh, and Huck comes up to the Rev. I mean, they're, but they're just hanging out. I, I ignore this whole part because it's just the Rev talking to these dogs. And guess what? They don't reply. Obviously. So. <laughs> so this isn't actually all dogs go to heaven. Yeah. Um, so it's just the Rev talking to dogs. And... Uh, so uh, mom dies that night in the park. 
and the Rev, somehow, the park ranger is there and lets him bury the dog um, in the park. Which, I hate this stupid trope they have on 7th Heaven where the Rev somehow has the magical ability to get around all of bureaucracy all there, of the there time. There are no laws for, for God. Like, he just, like... He's not God, though. He's just a representative, I guess. Is that how that works? I don't know. Um, but... So because because Mom is now dead, he decides to take Huck in for the night. Huck spends the night with the Camdens, and then he goes to the... I was going to call them the Burberries, the Carberry household, where the Carberries already know everything that's happened somehow. Because the park ranger <laughs> called them. No, no, they called the park ranger. <laughs> first, first they called the vet, and they realized that the dog was not there. And then they later decided to call the park ranger because they thought, next logical step. <laughs> Obviously, the dog has been buried in the park where it's probably, like, illegal to bury your pets. Um, and obviously everybody can predict how this ends with them taking in Huck. Well, uh, yeah, because they're, because the Rev had Huck and was like carrying Huck around and he's like, I know you can't replace, um, you know, you're, you can't replace a, a dog with this, another dog. It's like losing a family member. You might need time, but some, you know, Huck is here um, There's a conversation between the Carberries and the Rev in the scene where it's like, do you think dogs go to heaven? And yeah. he's like, I think they do. He, well, he was like, this is debated among many religious circles. I'm like, who does the Rev get? Or, like, he's like, but I firmly believe that dogs go to heaven. And the entire episode ends yeah. with this absurd uh, just shot of all of these it's dogs like a- playing with us, with music um, so we think this is supposed to be dog heaven, um, because we see mom running around, and mom is dead. So this, oh, really? I, the, all those dogs look the same to me. Um, one of them was definitely mom. Okay. Um, or this was a flashback. Maybe uh, it was a flashback. Maybe it wasn't dog heaven. But it, why would why would it be called all dogs out of heaven if it wasn't dog heaven? Um, and so we read online that when this episode aired, the music that was playing over this, like, dogs playing in the park scene was What a Wonderful World. Which we found out earlier in the episode was Mom's favorite song. But in the Amazon version, and I guess if you are following along on the DVDs, we don't know what it is on Hulu. but It's probably the same. Uh, it's not. It's some... No, I mean it's probably no, no. I'm saying the song isn't. What oh a wonderful... yeah, the same is not the the song is not the same. <laughs> the same is the same not is the not the song. song. Well, um, yeah, it's I, some... I, I presume I presume that on every reproduction of for like home viewing that probably for royal like not having to pay the royalties or whatever that would probably be expensive. Yeah. Uh, so it's some weird. It sounded like a song that would be in Dawson's Creek. Exactly. That was the perfect description of it. Um, and that's it for the Rev storyline. Um, so we'll move on. Yeah. So Mary Ma- and, and Matt. Matt. Um, so Matt, we can we can talk to, about Matt until we get to. Is just super hyped to so hyped be going on this ride. He's along. the most hype. He's, and he really wants to see a, what he lists a bunch of crimes like a robbery, something, a murder, a bank robbery, um, a jumper. He really wants oh, he a wanted, jumper. He, yeah, someone to be killing themselves. Um, and. Sergeant Michaels gets a call in for around, like, the campus area. So he's like, well, you probably don't want to be seen in the front seat of the car. Do you want to sit oh, in the back seat? Oh, and he knows seat? that it's a call just to break up a party. So they're like, oh, this is very uncool. 
So he goes and sits in the back seat of the car, um, of the cop car. Yeah, and then he sneaks out and pretends he was at the party. The party the whole time. Even though he's having more fun hanging out with Sergeant Michaels, yeah, uh, driving around. He so this is where we are with Matt. Mary uh, Michael Towner comes to pick up Mary. Um, they Michael. I don't get why the scene actually happens. I don't understand why he told. Yeah. So anyway, the whole deal is that Michael Towner forgot his wallet and he needs to go back to his house to pick it up. Um, and Annie popped out of nowhere and she's like, "Oh, is it so? Like what you're saying is you need to go back to your house before you go to the movie theater?" And she thinks it's all this big ploy to, um, for them just to not go to the movies and like they're just going to go hang out at his house. Why did but he? But there was say no that? reason he had to say that. He could have just when him and Mary got in the car said. Oops. Okay, we have to, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't have my wallet, um, but and he's like, I'm dem- like, I want to see ticket stubs. When yeah, you and then home. Michael Towner was like, I could go get it and then come back and pick Mary up again. And Mary's like, No, absolutely not. So Annie is like, Okay, I'm trusting you. Don't make me have to see ticket stubs, right? And um, coincidence of coincidences, the house that uh, Michael lives in is, is the this, party house. Is the same house where Sergeant Michaels is just there to break up the party. Um, I think the theme or whatever of the Michael Towner Mary relationship is kissing in weird places <laughs> because it starts out with have you ever given a good night kiss, like a end of the date kiss at the beginning of a kiss? Uh, at the beginning, beginning of a date. At the beginning of a date. And Mary's like, no, I haven't, but I'm interested in trying new things. So this is how it starts, where they're like, let's make out on the walk to the cash machine, and let's make out. That's where, I was going to say, why were they even coming back to the house? Okay, yeah. so they're kissing in front of, the, so then they go into the party, he gets his wallet, presumably, and then they have to walk to the ATM, and when they are coming back from the ATM... They see, uh, the, they see the cop car, and they're like, did you ever make out in a cop car? And Matt has already vacated, and he's left the door open. So they hop in the cop car and start making out, and I can't imagine what hijinks will ensue with Matt standing, like, five feet away from the car. So Matt's, like, excited because he thinks that this is his opportunity to play police man. <laughs> so he's like, hey! And then, <laughs> so Michael and Mary, like, pull apart, and Matt realizes it's Mary, and Mary le- realizes it's Matt, and they both go, ah, at each other. Um, it was comedy gold. Yes, it actually was kind of funny. And then it blacks out, and it fades back in. I think, like, there's a different scene in, in between. And then it fades back in, and we have Michael holding Mary back from, like, punching Matt. They're, like, fighting in front of the house. Yeah. Um, basically, it's all about, like, Mary's upset that Matt's, like, playing big brother and, like, being unfair and not letting her live her life. And Matt's like, I don't understand why you're freaking the fuck out right now. Um, and, he, like, M- Matt's like, arrest Michael Towner. And Michael's like... <laughs> like they're like, there's no rule, there's no law against making out in a cop car. Sergeant Michaels is having the time of his life. Sergeant like, Michaels is like, there's actually, he was like, I don't know if there is a law against this. So this is a first... <laughs> Uh, I think Michael gets sent home, and... So, but also, so, Sergeant Michaels puts, like, so, yeah, Michael Towner's gone, and then, like, Mary and Matt are in the cop car, and Sergeant Michaels has, like, called other cops to spectate. <laughs> I thought he drove them to the police station, and he's just waiting outside the police station while they're figuring... Oh, it looked like they were still at... The party? The party. They're somewhere, and there's more cops now. Yeah, and they're all just standing around looking at Mary and Matt in the car, but I, but I, I thought it was, um... Still at the party because Sergeant Michael said he was going to drive them home. Oh, okay. And I presume he does because, like, you know, Annie and the Rev never have to come and 
get pick them. Pick them up, yeah. So, so they're just, like, waiting until, like, the fight is resolved in order to, before they drive them home? Um, so Mary's in the front seat and Matt's in the back, and Mary just keeps on calling Matt a freak. <laughs> I approve of this method. He's <laughs> like, you're such a freak, 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 freak. And then he's like, yeah, I'm your freak brother. And she's like, who do you think needs, like, you don't need to take care of anyone, or who do you think you need to, like, protect? Or She's like, I'm 16, I don't need you... Like telling, and he's like, "Oh, you're out with a guy who's two years older than you, and you're making out in a cop car." Clearly, it's like making out is not illegal. And then she's sticking her head out the window, yelling at Sergeant Michaels. Is it illegal, Sergeant Michaels? Is it illegal? But anyway, this whole scene, you can just talk about. Right. So how you felt about this? Well, first of all, I thought it was. I thought it started when. Oh, because we didn't mention Mary actually. Oh, she tackles. She tackles Matt to the ground, and. I know that, like, way back in season one, episode one, I was like, There's a lot of tension. And, I mean, we've not gotten that many Matt and Mary moments recently, but there is a weird tension. But this one just hit the, like, you know, like that trope you have in movies where it's like, these two characters like hate each other abs- so much, but they're really in love. Right, and like it all culminates with them like fighting. It's like I hate you, and then I they hate kiss. you, but then they kiss, and then it's like the most passionate sex ever. It was basically leading up to that, like enemies to lovers trope, right? And then when they're in the car, it just gets worse. Mary's like leaning over the front seat, like back, like lunging back at Matt. So and she keeps on sticking her tongue out at him. <laughs> um, at some point in the in the scene, she even calls. Uh, Matt a whoop ass? No, she says she's like gonna whoop his ass. Oh, I thought it was whoop ass. Or can of whoop ass. I don't know. She says the word whoop ass. She says whoop ass at some point. Yeah. Uh, it's, we don't know the context right now. Um, um, Matt, Sergeant Michaels decides he needs to intervene. So he has a heart to heart with Matt and he basically tells a story about the fact that he has a little sister who he treated like a little sister. And he played the older brother tried part. To be like a, no, tried to be like another parent, basically. Yeah. And because of that... She pushed him away, and he did, she, did ever, she never listened to his advice. And she ended up marrying an abusive guy or, like, a cheating man who smokes weed sometimes. <laughs> but but oh. he smokes a ton of cigarettes and drinks a lot of beer. And they have, they're divorced, and he doesn't play, pay his, like, child support. So he's a bad guy. Um, and so he's like, maybe if I tried to be her friend, she would have listened. So, so he's like, you need to, now that like Mary's older, you need to stop being like a big brother and start treating her like an, like someone who's becoming an adult, I guess. Um, and I've, this turns it around for Matt and the next day he's like, you know what the best thing to do is? Make out in the driveway in the dead ass morning, <laughs> and that's what they do at six thirty in the morning. Well, not not Matt and Mary. <laughs> no, no. Maybe um, Michael Towner and Mary. Yeah, Michael Towner comes and is like sitting in the driveway waiting for Mary to come out and, and they sit make in the out. car and make out. So that. that happens. Also, Matt and Mary, and before she goes out to make out with Michael Towner, are sitting, and it's breakfast time, and they're sitting with Oreos, uh, what was the other thing I wrote? I wrote uh, uh, <laughs> orange juice and ruffles. Also, it's 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, that sounds disgusting. I'm sorry. I like Oreos a lot, and I also like ruffles. They're good. With like Mary's also wearing the same exact outfit she was wearing last night. <laughs> so, just saying. Well. That outfit got a lot of action. I didn't notice that. Maybe it was, I don't know, her lucky outfit. 
Um, That's that storyline. So anyway, it seems like all is well with Matt and Mary. I'm really glad Mary got some time away from Lucy. Yeah, yeah. More of that on the horizon. Um, So we'll do Ruthie's storyline pretty quickly. Um, This is Ruthie's storyline has our first who the fuck is that of this episode. Um, It starts with, we know that Lucy has, no, sorry, Ruthie has a date, which is actually a play date because she's only eight years old, but she considers it a date. Um, Annie makes her change out of her opera fur outfit and into, like, a normal eight-year-old clothes (laughs) thing. Um, The doorbell rings. Wait, first? Okay, so when the doorbell... um, Before this, when there's, like, a discussion of, like, what everyone's going to do for the night, and this is before Lucy... And Simon have gone out, and they're all there. And Ruthie indicates that she doesn't want anybody around when her, like, date is over. And also that the babies need to be kept upstairs and quiet all night. Um, And then, um, because I think Ruthie's like, this guy's real sophisticated. Um, Real classy. Yeah, and that's why she didn't want to change. I guess that was her sophistication outfit. So anyway, the doorbell rings, and there's a chauffeur there. (laughs) And he's like, I present... young master donovan and we are presented with donovan uh donovan is played by michael welch Uh, michael welch is in everything under the sun honestly um i did not recognize him immediately from anything but when we looked him up he's been in all the twilight movies he plays mike newton he's done the voices for shows like fillmore hey arnold um lloyd in space He's a, uh, he had a stint on Joan of Arcadia. He's currently on Z Nation, but he's all over the place. He like has guest roles in every episode, every one of the like every serial episode there is of stuff like Law and Order, yeah, stuff like that. Um, but he's very recognizable in this sh- episode. He has this weird posh British accent. Uh, Michael Welch is not British, so it's it was acting. He yes. had to act really hard. It's also not explained in the show why Why? he has an accent. Um, And anyway, so when he first enters, the babies are crying. Yeah. And he's like, is that a baby? Um, Because he detests babies. And we find out that he, there's a quote, he says, babies are useless, in his opinion. Um, And... This Ruthie, really just, L- Ruthie lies and says it's her sister Lucy who is <laughs> who cries a lot. Fifteen, I mean, yeah. Um, so anyway, to, I guess this kind of keeps in the same theme as the rest of like basically Ruthie's storyline since the, the babies. babies were born, and that she just keeps agreeing with all of the like terrible things that Donovan keeps saying about babies, about how useless they are, and how like she can't stand them. Um, so again, she's just like, I can't. Yeah, she doesn't. She's like, uh... They're getting along famously, basically. Yeah. And then... Um, Annie comes down, and she comes... With one of the babies. Is it Sam? Is it David? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but obviously, Ruthie's lied about there being any babies in the house. And what Donovan does is takes his handkerchief out of his pocket (laughs) and puts it over his mouth as if he's gonna, like... I don't know, die? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, Like, something has been released into the air that is going to cause, like... Swine flu. Um, uh, Ruthie s- runs out, from, like using the Lucy school of like life, 
Um, and Annie. Well, wait, 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 no, no, no. Oh. Ruthie says, "Why do you have to go and ruin everything? I was gonna marry this guy." And then she runs out in front of him. She's like, "I was gonna marry this guy." She's eight. Yes. Uh, uh, although I guess I would have shipped it in the future. No. Donovan and Ruthie. Um, I mean, we have. <laughs> so Donovan, we Annie kind of figures Donovan out almost immediately. Donovan is an only child, uh, who whose mother is currently pregnant. Um, and so he will no longer be the only child, and this is why he... He's experiencing the same feelings, I guess, that Ruthie is experiencing of the, you know... Uh, I'm no longer the baby or the most important one or blah, blah, blah. Too many kids. Um, so Andy's like, I will co- cure you with the power of my children. And she's like, hold this baby. Um, and so, he does, and he's like, oh, it's looking at me. Uh, and that's, like, which, really it. And then he's like, oh... This is fine. I'm going to call my chauffeur now. Yeah. yeah. And then he leaves. But not before Ruthie gets some action. Which, I mean, we could just say it. We get a flashback. He kisses her once on each cheek Yeah. before um, he leaves. Which is a technique that we haven't seen on 7th Heaven yet. I thought at first that it was like a dream sequence. But no, it was a flashback. Yeah. Uh, so we will move on to the last storyline, which is Lucy and Simon. So after the cold open, Simon. As we, I just kind of discussed this one. Simon, Lucy, Ruthie, and Annie are all in the living room, and they. um, Well, first, first it's just Annie, and then Simon comes downstairs, and he's wearing a suit, and Annie has a moment where she cries about her baby being all grown up because was he like twelve, thirteen, whatever. Twelve. Remember, it's scandalous because Dina's older than him now. Oh, so, uh, so yeah. She's like, oh, because, of course, the whole gender roles thing in the show and how they, oh, the Rev cries when the girls grow up and then Annie cries when the boys, boys. are men. <laughs> so Always becoming men. Men <laughs> becoming wolves. Um, so we have uh, Dina shows up. Well, No, first no. Lucy is in there complaining again about how she has no plans and Ruthie's like, stay out of my way. Uh, then the doorbell rings and we see Jack, who is... Dina's older brother. No, first we see Dina. First we see Dina. Dina is, again, fashion 2K. Why? Why 2K? Why 2K? 2K, why? Why did I do that? Why 2K fashion queen? Um, She's wearing a very nice dress and a choker necklace. Yeah. Um, She's looking great. It's her 13th birthday. Simon is in a suit. Did we say that? Yeah. Oh. I said that. Right, you did. Of course, you just said that. Um, And then... We have her older brother show up, Jack. I recognize Jack immediately. He is a Power Ranger. So I thought he was a Power Ranger from the original Power Rangers. I thought he was the Red Ranger from the original Power Rangers. But he's not. And this will make me seem really bad. Like, this is actually, like, I'm admitting something that I shouldn't. But he's, like, from Power Rangers in space and Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, which is, like, (laughs) the third and fourth and fifth run. But he looks, he really does look very, like, I feel like all of the Power Rangers, like, really were pretty much, they they were cast to look. uh, He looks a lot like Tommy, which was the White Ranger. Yeah. Is it Tommy that was a White Ranger? I don't know. Because Billy was the blue one. Um, So, I was a very big Power Rangers fan as a child, and also 
into the future, like way longer than I should have been. Obviously. <laughs> You're like Power Rangers in space. So So Jack is played by Christopher Kamen or Kaiman Lee. And fun fact, uh his sister, his little sister, shows up later in Seventh Heaven in season five, which we'll get to when we get to season five. That's my favorite season. She's right in the center of all of my favorite things that are happening. So Fantastic. I can't wait. Uh, and oh. we're almost done with season three. So. Oh, sorry. Uh, the character he plays in Power Rangers, in case anybody's wondering, is Andros. Uh, so Jack is immediately like, oh, my God, Lucy. She go- he goes nice pants, and she's wearing pajama bottoms. Yeah. Uh, Jack. So, well, and that's what exactly what Simon is like. These are pajamas. <laughs> so Jack is like, oh, do you want to come and chaperone with me? And Lucy is, like, smitten. And she's like, of course. So she runs up to go get changed. And Simon is very unhappy, but apparently Dina thinks that this is very cool, that they're having, like, a double date with, like, teens, like, real teens. So Simon's got to keep everybody happy. So oh. he goes up to yell at Lucy because she's taking a very long time to get ready. He, she's, she basically can't find anything to wear, and he's like, just wear whatever, and also... and like Don't make us late. Yeah, and she's like... And she does a passive-aggressive thing, which mm-hmm. annoyed the crap out of me, where she was like, fine, I guess I won't come. And then he's like, no, because Dina wants you there. Just don't cry. Yeah. And I was like, yes, Simon, <laughs> like, giving it straight. Um, while this is happening downstairs, Annie's learning all about Jack. Jack is from North, Jack goes to a high school in North Carolina. He is so good at playing music, the piano and other instruments. Or as Dina thinks, every every instrument under the sun. That he has got an early acceptance into Juilliard. Mm-hmm. A full scholarship yep. as well. Uh, and he wants to be a composer. Um, um, and so, But we learn that he doesn't spend a lot of time in Glen Oak. Because he goes to some music school in North Carolina. Look at that. Brenda Hampton knows another state. Yeah, yeah. But he's going to New York. <laughs> so she, uh, Lucy comes down the stairs. She's not wearing anything phenomenal, so I don't know why it took her so long to get ready. But again, I was going to call him Tommy. <laughs> Jack is very smitten. They go to the restaurant, and the restaurant's quite fancy. It's a French place, and it, all the food's written in French, and nobody understands what's happening. And everybody's like, Simon, you're going to be able to afford this. Um, and... Well, we get we've gotten before that like Simon's good with money and the whole bank of Simon thing, blah blah blah. So anyway, um, they are like talking. The waiter comes over and starts speaking French for some reason. And Lucy takes point in this conversation, and she's like, "I've taken high school French. I will take care of all of this." Well, she says like, she says like, "I'm not going to speak French because my French would make you cry." So. this waiter is way too patient with them for someone who's at a restaurant that is a very nice restaurant and he's serving like teens and tweens. He would not, and, and they're basically like, what's the cheapest thing on the menu? We can't really afford to be here. And he's just like smiling and like, oh, of course, the young man. Especially, taking- especially because Simon is paying for everyone. Uh, Yes, except for Lucy. So, yeah, Lucy will pay for herself, but I'm paying for everybody else. That, yeah, because he, um, I guess he had been saving a while. This is a big birthday. Teens. So, uh, I think the lesson in the storyline was that Simon didn't want Lucy there, but it, but having Lucy there to talk to the waiter was what saved him from having to, like, be broke or whatever, or, like, I don't know. out of his means. Um, Later on. But, I mean, Dina does, like, everybody says, like, well, Dina's like, I would have been just as happy with, like, a burger at the pool hall, and we could still go now. And he's like, 
Simon's very set on this. He's obviously had it planned, so... Uh, Later on, I guess after they're done eating, um, Simon asks Dina to dance. Um, Dina, like, whispers something in his ear, and he's like, okay. So then Simon asks Lucy to dance. And Lucy's like... And I guess that's, like, cute-ish. I don't know. But then Dina's talking to her brother, and she's like, he's like, I like Lucy. And she's like, do you like Simon? Uh Uh-huh. Whatever. Oh, and he's like, I like Simon until he tries to kiss you. And Dina's like, you've only got an hour. (laughs) Um, So this is where we learn that Jack's like, oh, maybe I'd be a better big brother if I was here more often. Like, Lucy's such a good big sister. And he's like, you know, you mean, I don't know, you mean more than music to me. I don't know. Dina's like, I love you. I love you too. And then Simon, like, Simon and Lucy have, Lucy's a tiny human. Yeah. Simon's like almost as tall as her now. I don't know. Uh, well, Beverly Mitchell is probably at her like adult height at this point. Um, and let us know, Beverly Mitchell. <laughs> Were you at your, <laughs> at your adult height at this point? In, what was it, like 1999? Uh, Simon comes back, and then him and Dina are dancing, and that's basically it. And again, we have a scene the next morning where uh, the Rev is like, how is your night how was dina's birthday dinner and we have a flashback of dina and simon kissing and then the rev also asked lucy how our night was and the rev really likes jack just because jack doesn't live here yeah because well we've because the rev is like oh yeah i met him when they did the family counseling when dina i guess first got diagnosed with leukemia or whatever um so that's i don't know he's like i like him because he's not close and you like writing letters and Start a long-term relationship, like, I'm sorry, long-distance relationship with this guy now. We already know the Camdens can't do long-distance. I mean, Matt and Heather didn't work out. Yeah. So uh, we also flash back to Lucy and Jack having a kiss. Yeah. And that is it. Yeah. So, what you think? I like this one, except for the fact that the title was All Dogs Go to Heaven and Clear. Like, that whole plot line was the Rev just talking to dogs, which was nonsense. Um, I'm going to give this a 4.5 out of 7. I th- ah, that's kind of high. I was actually going to give it a 4.5 out of 7 also. All right, then I'm sticking by my <laughs> 4.5 out of 7. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, I feel like I'm also grateful for like an episode that I actually reacted to instead of one that was just yeah, like, Yeah, instead Meh. of just being bored and waiting for it to be over, yeah. Yeah, I mean, though at the end of it, I was like, what's happening? Mostly because the entire end was about dogs. Not that I have anything against dogs. I just... Like, they can't speak, so they can't really carry scenes. But also, the Rev is the thing that I couldn't pay attention to. Um, Or the person, not the thing. He's a person. Um, Who was your best Camden? Uh, I'm going to go with Simon, because I thought it was, like, very cute. His whole, like, how adamant he was about, like this dinner, and he clearly was, like, ner- possibly nervous because the way he's, like, treating Lucy, um, he clearly had, like, an idea of how he wanted everything to go, and it was, like, very cute because he's, like, 12 and, like... <laughs> uh, yeah, Simon was definitely my, my, my favorite, too, for this episode. Um, okay, so uh, check us out. Check, wait, tune back in on... Saturday for part one of uh, since oh. we're up to the season three. Oh, we are. Obviously, we're, we're nearing the end of season three. So obviously in our last episode of season three, we'll do like the season three wrap up. But um, all of since most of the seasons have two part finales, Saturday will be part one of the two part finale um, of season three. So that's good. New things on the horizon. Season four. 
But also check out um, our Instagram, which Beverly Mitchell likes. <laughs> she doesn't actually, she doesn't follow us or anything. But, but she likes our posts. But we're working on it. We're working on um, it. We'll get there. Uh, that's Instagram.com, or uh, it's at Show, which is the same handle for our Twitter. Um, and if you don't have Instagram, we're going to start posting our Instagram posts on Twitter so you won't miss out. Yes. Or vice versa. Yeah. No, that doesn't make sense. Also, Facebook is Camden Cast. Uh, subscribe to us through iTunes, where you can also rate and review if you are so inclined. And you can also listen to us on soundcloud.com backslash Camden Cast. And I've been Tandy. I'm Erin. And this was is Camden Cast. I know there's no greater feeling than the love of